0: Welcome back to Ready Set Real Estate. You are listening to the best real estate education podcast around. We are on episode one ninety eight. Listen, we are two episodes shy of our two hundredth episode, so I am really pumped because we just get we just get better, better and better the more we do this. Um, listen, you need to invite someone to listen to today's show. My guest today is Thomas TJ Lofton and TJ and I go way back. So this is going to be conversational um, and and we are going to delve into something that a lot of you how are now seeing. But this brother here has been discussing, has been living it, has been experiencing it and has a foresight. In fact, I think TJ has now coined himself as the economic futurist and I'm not mad at it. TJ, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> He's coined himself the economic futurist. So, I do want to bring TJ to the show. Uh welcome to the show, TJ. How are you? Oh, I'm
1: great and yourself. Thank you for the opportunity to share.
0: A- Absolutely. I I couldn't I could not resist having you on the show, especially after recent headlines now I'm here in Cali you are a Compton California native and you have been traveling and when i see things that have to do with gentrification displacement uh business bankruptcies relocations i go boom i need to jump on the phone and call tj and 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 say what's tj what do you think about this and he's like yep i wrote it in my book this is what i talked about
1: <laughs> so,
0: yes he's like let me get my book and i have yours on my bookshelf but it's too far from me you can go ahead and do that well i want to just invite people to share. Let's just do over logistics real quick. So want to give disclaimers. The information provided on the show, of course, is not to be considered legal or tax advice. Please seek legal or tax advice from those reputable licensed professionals. Yes. Um, For those of you who are new to me, I am known as super agent Lisa Gillette, also formerly Lisa Puerto. So if you see a lot of my content in the past and my books were under Lisa Puerto, but I am an active Real estate broker. So 10 toes to the concrete. What I share, what I speak is what I live. Um, our brokerage is the Venio States here in Southern California. And we're definitely focusing on our senior communities, specializing in probates and foreclosures and short sales, because now the reality is we are in that season, we are in that cycle. So <clears throat> wouldn't I'd be remiss if I don't touch on the fact that what we're experiencing and seeing, it serves. See, my husband and I, TJ, were talking about this the other day. It serves no one, right? Because real estate, when you talk about purchases, brings new loans, new monies, new furniture, new construction. You know, There's a newness and that's the ecosystem that real estate brings. So when people are sitting on properties for 40
1: years, right? Talk to you, TJ, 40 years, right? The money stops coming you know gentrification brings money it, it opens the door people if i've been in my house for 30 40 years i've already fixed it up i'm good it's cool i'm comfortable right. now if all of a sudden i'm forced to sell it i'm going to take my million dollar gentrification money now i got to go buy uh so i won't i want some uh some electric some, some stainless steel appliances or you know i want right. i need to paint this room oh i need all new ceiling fans in the whole house so there goes home, Lowe's. Here comes all these workers, these contractors. And you, matter of fact, I need you to build this out for me. It's a lot of money being spent now. That's why they're always going to have gentrification every 30 years because that's about how long the average mortgage is. There every it is. There it is. From.
0: So before I do that, I just wanted you guys to hear from the man himself, but let me just read his quick bio. And there's really nothing quick about him because you're talking about an extensive 30 plus years just doing what he's doing. So TJ here uh today's guest and I'm really honored to have you. He's been an advocate for business and home ownership. He's got a long history of identifying and fighting wrongful politics especially when disproportionately affecting the black community. So uh my son and I were having this discussion of Black History Month and he asked me something about it. I said, "Poppy, I said we're black every, you know, every day every year." So <laughs> we we're, that that's a just, you know, every day every year experience. So When we get to highlight and have these discussions about how uh, the disparities, um, the socioeconomic inequities in uh, in real estate, in housing, in loans, because now it's coming to the surface. So now we're talking about it. Now we're seeing mainstream is wanting to do something about it. So I can appreciate that, but I, I I, implore you and I encourage you all to be vigilant, work with those professionals, right? Get, work with uh, you know, folks that you know. Um, TJ has been one that's been coaching people. So during his last 15 years, his voice and collaborative efforts range from advocating for residents of, affected by sex in, Section A scandal of the Antelope Valley. So, so some of you in California are familiar with just that displacement of people, right? The LMI low to median income people, primarily underserved, underrepresented communities who were displaced to the out of areas of Lancaster and Palmdale, right? Um, It's interesting what happened during the pandemic boom, and we'll get into that as as it relates to those areas. Um, To the mass displacement of the primary Black communities within the urban Los Angeles, up against companies like, and this is where we're going to go today, Silicon Valley tech companies, Metro, Elon Musk, SpaceX, the NFL, BlackRock, and other major corporations have swooped into the region, buying of thousands of properties and businesses. TJ's a seasoned investor, predicted, he predicted this domino effect, and it's been, has been, currently is, endangering home ownership nationally. He's a renowned international business leader, celebrity car builder and manufacturer, real estate land development, gentrification expert, and public speaker, author, and wealth coach. Like I said, you all can learn more. I'm going to drop his link tree because he has authored the book, Monetizing Gentrification, Building Black Ownership, Built Around Solutions and Strategies for Growing Our Community Globally. TJ. You've been busy, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Likewise.
0: You've been. I, you know what? Let me rephrase that. I. I feel like bees are busy. You've been productive, and and you know, I. I normally when people say, "Oh, you're a busy later," I appreciate saying I'm a more of a productive. I'm just not out here spinning my head, right? Spinning my wheels. Right. I'm being. I'm very intentional, and so have you been. And so it's just been fun watching your growth. Uh, you've been recent on some. Oh. You've been a, a re, returning guest on Joe Judge Brown, Judge Joe Brown's show. Very controversial, hot topic. He's ruffling some feathers, and you've been doing that for some time. So you're oftentimes not really the favorite, but they still can't—they still can't help have you on their panels, right, on their shows. Talk to us about why. Why is it that you're not the
1: favorite, but they need you? Well. I talk about stuff that hadn't happened yet, and they're like, we can't talk about that, but then years later, it becomes heavy duty, and they're like, well, wait a minute, you guys aren't talking about it, but T.J. been talking about that, so that that gives that bad look, so now they have, they can't get rid of me, so they got to keep me around, you know, because they're being told, you can't talk, don't talk about this, and now it's like, it goes from, okay, well, since you can't talk about it, and he's making it national, okay, here's your talking points. But if he brings this up, you talk about this, you know? Right. It's, it's yeah. just- so
0: here's why I wanted to have you on the show. Um, just for many reasons, we get to, you know, catch up publicly. This is the live. But recently there has been discussions about the uh, transit connector here in L.A. Um, this would be similar to the Beltline happening in Atlanta, right? And so here there's, there is going to be, a displacement of 44 businesses here in LA within the Inglewood tract. And um, I'm gonna do a screen share real quick because I, I definitely wanna talk about this. For those of you who are not familiar that this is going on, I find it very interesting when we talk about um, you know, being present, being at the meetings, being at the table. And here we have a list, this is a list, TJ, of the business, this is an eight page list, by the way, of the businesses that are going to be displaced. And I was reading into this, that some of them um, is going to be, uh, will come back. Vons is coming back. Planet Fitness is coming back. So they're going to come back in a new, newly constructed building. It's going to cost $35 million to relocate these businesses. Can you touch on kind of can you touch on just this, this movement happening here to put in this transit system that some people were saying, yay, we need it. And some people were saying, oh, we know we're going to lose properties. We're we're going to lose businesses. I wasn't expecting me personally. I was not expecting 44 businesses to be impacted by
1: this. We've lost way more than that. We've lost way more than that. Right. Really, you know, that. And that's that's a scary situation because where are they going to be relocated to? You see what I'm saying? Right. Where are they going to be relocated to? I would before I even agree to something like that, I would have to be, you know, everywhere in Englewood is a hot spot. It's like firecracker market It's booming. So you're going to definitely be relocated away from your customer base, you know, They're not going to find anything i don't think they're going to find anything local but that's that's a very and then it's like what's the landlord going to be like you know are you going to qualify to be moved there so a lot of those businesses will might end up just folding you know that language sounds good that's like the affordable housing logo moniker it's 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 realistic
0: yeah and so As you look at this, this track map right here, right? Uh, One of the things that came to mind for me was, so $35 million, but you're talking about businesses that have been rooted here and have built a clientele. There's no guarantee that the people who have been supporting the, the businesses in this area, right? In this neighborhood community are going to go travel to support them wherever they're now moved. Nope. Not at all. Can you put can you put a dollar amount on that loss, right? Um, in fact, one of the businesses, not in this track, but it, within this area had asked me to recently do a cost analysis for them um, as they're also experiencing, you know, the impact of changes in real estate. And I thought about this and I said, man, I you just don't realize how the trickle down effect from what we've seen with the Federal Reserve trying to force the slowdown of the market Uh, which now days on market have now been more than 30 days. So they've succeeded in forcing that. But at the same token, you've been sharing an interesting perspective with me and keeping me focused. And one of the things you talked about last time, you said this was a developer's market, right? There's not a market crash. Touch on that for us because I think people really need to hear that perspective of overall the bigger picture uh, because it it doesn't benefit the, the economy we call capitalism when when people are holding their home for 20, 30, 40, 50 years.
1: Well, every 30 years, there's going to be a major disruption in the economy. There's going to be a lot of gentrification happening so that they can uh, create some commerce in the community. Meaning if I'm in my house for 30 or 40 years and it's paid off, okay, the bank's not making any money anymore. If I'm in my house, I've already done what I wanted. I'm happy with the way it looks. I'm cool. I'm going to wait till I retire and then I'm going to go buy a new house somewhere eventually down the road. So I don't need anything. So now if I decide to retire and I take this gentrification money, you know, Hey, now I'm going to, the new people's going to come in the same area I sell my house for 1.4 million, hypothetically speaking the new people who bought it they're going to come in they're going to say oh we got to redo the house boom spend 200,000 restoring it new ceiling fans new everything hvac systems stainless steel everything uh desert landscaping etc cetera, etc cetera. so now home depot sales are up they're hiring more people they're ordering more stuff they're bringing in more expensive stuff because the people who are here they were comfortable with the $500 refrigerator but now the people who can afford to pay 1400000 million, they're like, I want a Sub-Zero. You know, I want a Viking. A, a <laughs> you know, I want some Wolf. So now they're going to come in with a fifty, dollars $100,000 kitchen package alone. So the money is just circulating. Everybody's making money. You know, Wolf is hiring. Viking is hiring. Sub-Zero is hiring. Uh, HVAC systems are hiring. Painting companies are hiring. So gentrification generates a lot of money. But getting back to that list of people who went out of business, a a solution that I would say, if I was in a a place for 30 years, this was my brick and mortar for 30 years, and you want to displace me, my question would be, what are you going to put here? And how long is it going to take? Oh, Metro? Okay, great. You can temporarily relocate me over here, but I want you to build me out right here inside of the walkway of this metro. I want to have your... eight. Thousand people a day an hour who's getting off of these trains who are going to the airport to be in my come stop by my business So I want to be in the 2024 brand new opened, uh Brand new structure right back where I where I already was but this newly Updated version that you guys are building which is probably going to be a, a live work eat play city so guarantee me I want to be back here because I know once they get rid of us they push out, they tear down the old commercial real estate and bring in the big units, the big live, work, eat, play cities. They're gonna have commercial up, I mean residential upstairs and they're gonna have commercial downstairs. I want one of those. So if you want me to move, I want it in a contract and I want it locked in at a fixed rate at this much. Because what happens is they'll be pushing us out, but they'll be talking to somebody else saying, hey. We're going to bring in these live, work, eat, play city, and it's going to look like this. And you got, to, you want to buy it? You better pay for it now. But we won't be scheduled to open until two thousand twenty-five. But you're going to have to pay that six thousand a month just to lock in that space until we get it open. That's how that works. And so- that is
0: that's accurate. That those are anchor tenants. I like I shared. I found it interesting. Um, I you know, I wonder, you know, what attorneys, you know, which attorneys, essentially who had an attorney to negotiate that because Vons is coming back. Vons is being removed, it's being torn down, but they're going to be placed back in the newly constructed commercial building. But what about all the mom and pop businesses? Where were were my question, right? Those are my, like, did they have the resources and the attorneys that were at the table? Did they have the business coaches, coaches to come in and say, no, we need to, this is what we need. And I just find it interesting again when I look at things like eminent domain and different things that have taken place historically. Right. When you look at who was at the table in the conversation, you go, mmm, <laughs> right. you know, you kind of question the advisory team that was that was there. Um speaking of advisory team, let's kind of touch on real quick on Bruce's Beach. You know, Bruce's Beach is now the family is now deciding to sell back to the county because it is zoned for practically nothing useful beyond its current use. I find that suspicious. What are your thoughts? Especially when we talk about, it's the county who, you know, we're talking about the city and the county who 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 lists zoning ordinances, but then in this state, in, in this case, they're saying, well, they can't really use it for housing or anything else, but yet once upon a time it was a resort.
1: Well, see the way that should have worked, and I and I I believe that's a, a bigger strategy, which is now currently playing out again in uh, Santa Monica. I believe there I know that there we are a lot more educated when it comes down to real estate. So now because of that, there's a lot of people who've been taken to TikTok, which is why they have a war with TikTok. They hate TikTok. Because now where people can, whose land have been stolen, they could never get any exposure to promote that. Nobody was going to do a live coverage on the news saying that uh, Hilton Hotel stole my land. They got my land. That you know. So what they did is they said, let's give them some money. But w- well, we're going to keep the land. Because you remember when this story first broke, they said that they gave the option they're going to lease it back to the city. It was never they're going to give it back. It was they made the option that they have the option to lease it back to the city for and they're gonna buy it eventually for 20 million dollars. That happened the very first time. So now six months later, oh they're gonna sell it back to the city. Like they already told us that. Yeah. You know that yeah, so, was the first right refusal contract. And I mean, so,
0: when I look at the details of that, I'm like, uh
1: so, so so let's talk about it. Oh, it's only worth 20 million dollars. If I gave you twenty million dollars to go get an acre on the front on the beach front in in Manhattan Beach, it'd be like good luck with that one. It's not going to happen. So my thoughts is, they stole legacy wealth from them, and now they're trying to write it off as reparations. First of all, the land is worth more than twenty million, and I would have came into court with all types of okay. Here's the Hilton Hotel. They started in 1950, and they first hotel had six rooms, and now they have Four thousand hotels. Here we go to Renaissance. Here we go the the, va- the what you call it and blah TJ, blah blah. Their
0: their what? argument was, but we had it
1: appraised. No, this doesn't matter. You're gonna give me uh market value for the land, and then we're gonna talk about uh, 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 arrears. What do you call it? Uh, mm-hmm. where you hurt me or what? Do you, what am I? What word am I looking for? I just said this. I'm talking about damages. Damages. I, I got proof that every hotel chain, that every potential damages. I have proof right here that every, I have the history of all the hotels in the, in America or in that area. And they all started around the same time, 1950, 55, 61. And they all have three and 4,000 uh, hotels and they're worth trillions of two, $300 billion. So we would have been worth the same thing. We would have been a hotel magnet family. Had you guys not taken it so so to offer us 20 million dollars back that's a slap in the face that's a slap in the face in a major way so they're doing that because there's a lot of lawsuits on the pipeline and i said watch this this is the bigger play here so sure enough here we go one of the same attorneys there uh they just broke another story it's on my page as well saying that in uh, santa monica they took a hotel from a black family that was purchased in 1950 on the beach in Santa Monica, and they took it from him, and now the viceroy sits on that land. And you know that's a, a very expensive hotel. So, here we go again, mm. they're stowing, and the lady uses the key words. She says she's dealing with over a hundred cases of eminent of, uh, domain land that they took from black people, and half of them are right here in California. This is one attorney. Wow. One one law firm, one law firm, and period. Now, you know, it's hundreds of law firms around the country, thousands of that. So if there was 50 people in California and one was Brutus Beach, and the next one was Santa Monica Beach, what else is on that list? You see what I'm saying? So they see these lawsuits piling up and they know they're going to have to pay because now we have this monster of a of an opportunity to promote this, this stuff. It's called TikTok. And they can't control it. So they got us, they could say, okay, this is what we're gonna do. This is the strategy. Let's pay these people 20 million dollars and let's just get this thing going. We're gonna say we're giving it back, but we're not gonna give it back. We're gonna do this and this is how it's gonna go. So from now on out, when the rest of these cases come up, we're gonna get people comfortable with uh giving the land back. Just like uh with, with the guy Crump, what's the black attorney that every time somebody gets shot and killed? Crump he, Crump, he immediately goes for the civil. He's like, okay, well, civil attorney, nobody goes to jail. We just want the money. So here we go again, Santa Monica. Well, they just released, they want their money. See, they're they're grooming us with that language instead of like, if it was me, I'd be like, I want my land back or give me something compatible to what you took. I don't want the money. <laughs> you know, give me my damages, but give me my land back because you cannot replace that land. Can't replace it. I don't $20 million is not enough. Especially when
0: when um, let me jump in here with you mentioned Santa Monica, uh, Manhattan, and I shared on my page as a result of what we've been seeing, they're also going after the city of Palm Springs because there apparently was a community of black and brown uh, people living in Palm Springs that had no notice, had no relocation money. You talk about displacement. Their houses were just burned. Yeah. Time to go you guys got to go. And so now that there's a group of people and their descendants that is suing the city of Palm Springs for that. And like you said, now, because of social media, people are now taking up the right to media, right? The right to self-media and and share what's happening because we can't depend on mainstream media that's controlled by, you know, what Jay Jeff Bezos owns one of them now, right? Like he owns one of the newspapers and, you know, all these big folks are owning all these different uh, media companies. So this is really very interesting, especially at a time like this when land is the scarcity we're seeing. I shared with you what I thought about LA now. I mean, LA is becoming like the new San Francisco. Everything's going up. I've said those who have a backyard will be prime real estate because everyone's trying to build on every square foot of land. And so if you have a backyard, you are going to be such a prime real estate in these next coming years and decades.
1: Well, let's talk about it. There, there, There's different transitions. There's different levels of transportation. The first level is the flipping level. They need to flip the houses so they can bring like L.A. was like one hundred thousand when we first started having this conversation. So they flipped its way up to push those houses up to a million dollars, right? So yeah. now got them to a million. Now the developers can afford to come in there and tear the million-dollar houses down and build brand new houses, right? So now they're building brand new houses going for about two million. So once that's done, they've already zoned, deemed that they want to they change the zoning to where they got to bring in. 10 million more people in there by 2050 so you're going to have 10 million more uh, neighbors by 2050 so the only way you're going to be able to do that is bulldoze the whole city for the most part and build the brand new huge 195 structure, 300 units 500 units and you know they're getting big money for those but let's talk about something else real quick i want to throw you something tie this all in this whole thing about your DNA, get your DNA, find out where you're from in Africa, right? Mm-hmm. So basically you're saying, oh, okay, I'm from Africa. I just went and got my DNA done and I'm from Ghana. And they're like, okay, we got you down. You're saying you're definitely from Ghana? Yep. Okay, cool. Check. We got you. You're originally from Ghana. You've admitted that you were a slave and you were bought over here by ship, right? But the real movement that's coming up, they've convinced everybody to go do that. But the real movement is this conference I'll be speaking at where they're talking about the uh, we, were origi- we are the original people. We are originally here. Right. But, but if I was originally here, I have some ancestral land over here. Correct. You know, that land that I own is called downtown Los Angeles. My grandmother owned some land called, you know, it was a black woman that owned downtown Los Angeles. It was a black woman that owned Beverly Hills. Another one owned Beverly Hills. This was black property. But they don't want us relating to that if they say we were here then it's going to be like what 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 uh indian background what is it called or we were cherokee or we were this and we owned all of that the whole manhattan beach was my family when they start tying those ties in it's going to be ridiculous that's why they're trying to separate us from that right now well you've already said you're from ghana and, and senegal what are you talking about you from that was your land in palace verdes you know your family your great great grandmother was not a slave, and they you got a, a piece of paper saying that you guys used to own all that land, a hectare of land, or something like that, you know? And, and- this
0: is coming on the eve of the California doing the um, reparations, what they're estimating it to be. Yeah. Uh, what it, So they're saying it's 250,000 for the descendants of slaves is what they're calculating is what the reparations should be. They are saying two hundred fifty thousand, and you're nodding your head. So they're saying two hundred fifty thousand, but they're not saying that's necessarily going to be paid in ca- cash. Right. They're discussing whether that should be in the form of grants and housing and scholarships for college. So
1: right. <laughs> you know what they're doing. They they've bought in people who are not born here in america but there there's like jamaican there's like ghanaian some for example foreign black people who can't relate to slavery in america Hmm. The, the people who say oh black people are lazy you know what i'm saying they got so much opportunity here in america they're not seizing the opportunity you know what i mean these are the people that are deciding on reparations now who picked that those people you see what i'm saying None of those people who are a part of that, I think it's just the president of the school. I think they they put that together at San Diego State or something like that. The president might be African-American, but the board people, the people who are doing all the figuring, they're not really African-Americans whose grandparents were slaves. You see what I'm saying? They didn't go through that whole thing. They just moved here in 1974. You see what I'm saying? So these are the people deciding. But I look at it like this. If I was on that board, you always start off, with, okay, what did you do with the Jewish community? What did you do with the, the Chinese? What did you do? Okay, we want to be comparable to those people. Because the Jewish community, they get a check every year. No offense, no disrespect to the Jewish community. I'm just comparing examples. You know, we got to have a model to go from. Now, from my, my understanding, aren't other people getting a check every year? Like they giving them a billion dollars a year every year for the last 50 years or something like that for the things that people have went through. Yeah. Why are we different treatment? Why are they talking about college? You know, I'm like, I don't want college. I'm a business owner. I want, I want, I want tax free. No more taxes for me. You know, I can taxes. <laughs> period. And then they said that we there was no taxes until they ended slavery.
0: Hmm.
1: Once they ended slavery, they said, okay, well, we got to keep a way to stay in their business. Let's create taxes, and that's how that happened. So we need to remove that just like when Bruce's Beach, we were talking, going back to that. I want to be grandfathered in. When they bought that land, there was no taxes on that land. There was no zoning. You can do whatever you want. So I want to be grandfathered in. Take me back to 1950 when my great, great, great grandfather bought that land. There was no zoning. There was no nothing. It was, I could do no taxes. Was, I could do whatever I wanted with my land. So anything prior, after that, that shouldn't affect me. I want to be grandfathered in. So, for those attorneys not to be using that language, something's wrong. Hmm. So what I've noticed about uh America, they're really smart. They know that okay, we're going to they're going to sue us, right? They're going to sue us, so they'll go, okay, well, we better go get our token, our token people, you know what I'm saying, that look like them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Good what I say. Can I say it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're going to have them go out and file the class action lawsuit on our behalf. We're going to have them sue us. That way we can control the narrative. We can control the amount of the pressure, the burns, the hit, how much we're going to lose because they're, they're working for us. They're doing whatever we say. So that's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. So I,
0: I, you, as you shared that, I, I have to share this perspective. So, you know, I've been, I've been in the fight against these pace liens, right? The pace and hero liens, uh, because I feel like during LaDonna's like, yes, tax free for life. <laughs> I, you're going to have some people say, vote for TJ soon. <laughs> TJ for president. <laughs> I'll do all
1: of these things if you vote for me. <laughs> right.
0: And one of the things that I've noticed, um, which is really frustrating right now. In fact, there was another one. That, another property lost to a pace lien. Um, a senior was targeted. I think she was seventy-six. I just drove by her property. I wanted to check in and see kind of was she able to resolve, you know, the past due amount. So you're talking about a past due amount of six thousand, eight thousand um, dollars. That when she did this pace lien to do home improvements on her property. I think she got windows or hardwood flooring, and they tacked it into her property taxes property tax goes up. She's a senior, retired, kind of on a fixed income per se. And and so she could no longer pay the increased property taxes. So she goes in default. I met with her, I consulted with her, and she was just really confused about how that transpired. What really bugs me about this is that it's not getting the attention it should be getting. And so her property is on the market, it's under contract for $650,000. And she's off of Crenshaw and West Boulevard. And that's exactly where the transit is passing. And when I see this, I just get so upset, TJ, because it's so painful to see homeowners who had good intention, but there's a bigger plan here for them. Those, though, if you've been in your property for 40 to 50 to 60 years, There's a much bigger plan happening and it has to do with this whole, this pace lane and hero lane that no one is talking about. Let me just touch on this and I'll, we'll get back to, I mean, all this is tied in when we're talking about monetizing this, right? So 2008, we were coming out of the the bubble, right? This is when that those pace lanes and the hero lanes were approved in 2008 and it Kind of went under and there are a lot of people that were getting screwed losing their homes the the council people folks um you know approved it uh and and one of the things that people didn't realize that was happening at that time is while everyone is focusing on the foreclosure crisis here we have this growing issue we had a new subprime called pace and hero lane i recently just read the case from the department of justice who sued Fannie and Freddie, Freddie Mac because Fannie and Freddie said, we're not going to buy homes, right? This is FHA, Fannie, Freddie. We're not going to buy homes with F with, with Pace liens or Hero liens, right? We're not because they hold first lien position. Do you know the Department of Justice sued them and said, you're hurting homeowners. Right. You're hurting homeowners from this opportunity, and here we are, fast forward, that that case, that lawsuit was in 2010. Fast forward, here we are recently, and I talked about it on the last show. We t- we talked about the Department of Justice has now just settled a class action lawsuit with one of the companies that was funding the Pace Lane. So isn't that funny they switch sides, TJ? <laughs> you
1: know, they call it the loan game. They call it strategy. So let's, let's take it away. Let's take it back to the origins of this thing. We remember what year did uh, uh, 9 nine eleven happened?
0: Leah was my, my little girl with two thousand one.
1: Okay, so let's go back then. George Bush was running, right? All of a sudden, what happened back then was the FBI had discovered that the banks were doing these this new thing called adjustable rate mortgages. They were creating all these dummy bank account dummy banks opening up subsidiaries you know because remember it was a wells fargo it was it was uh washington mutual blah 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 countrywide countrywide and all of a sudden these new banks popped up out of nowhere and they were funding all the loans we're like who was these banks funding who's my i never heard of this mortgage company before and right. then all of a sudden the fbi i'm watching it on the news they're like hey they're about to Uh, move in and go after this this bank then they said hold on wait a minute it's more than just this bank it's other banks doing i think all of them's in on it right right planes crash into buildings so they say right all of a sudden george bush walks into guess where guess where those loans were going at guess where the fbi was about to raid where the twin towers because that's where the loans were coming from it was coming off of wall street they were putting that whole thing together all of a sudden planes hit the buildings All of a sudden, the president comes in and says, whatever y'all doing, leave that alone. I need y'all to find out who did that. Right. So And so here it
0: is where we first started this journey and conversation is with this article behind me, When Wall Street is Your Landlord. That was in 2017. Everybody was waiting for shadow inventory to hit the market, right? They're like, where are all these foreclosures, this mass foreclosures? And they never hit the market. And they became what the, essentially annuities. They became these rental portfolios, these annuities that Wall Street were like, "We're making more money here, right?" Well, guaranteed,
1: right? Let me let me tell you how far back I was in the loop. That's why I say, you know what? People are like, man, you you saw into the future. You know, I was like, we've been saw this coming, right? So, we knew about the futuristic cities how about that we knew yeah. the baby boomers were retiring and they were moving overseas so it was there's a huge competition to get the baby boomers money this is a huge amount of money of retirement money so you got dubai building out you got J- vietnam building americanized cities that's state of the art right ai uh, smart cities right mm-hmm. so this is going on all over the world so america's like uh oh so I knew back then that we're eventually gonna be in the age of the Jetsons. So guess what happens? What happens for us? How do we monetize that as a people? How do we get our students involved? How can our people be involved and make money? How do we monetize this? Boom. Okay, if they're gonna be the Jetsons, we're gonna need more pilots. Hence the Compton Airport. Remember Compton how we airport. out there running the airport? Yeah. Because we knew we got all these rappers that got private jets and all of that. We need black pilots. But if we're going to live in the future cities, we're going to have to have pilot licenses. We're going to have to know how to fly. So let's create this nonprofit. Let's get these young people flying. And that that's how we were playing the loan game. This is how I saw all of this coming down the pipeline. Hmm. These kids how to fly drones. They were like, everybody was like, what's the drone back in those days? Mm-hmm. Well, we wanted to be a part of the loop. So here we are now. It's like up and fully running. Now we got smart cities going on in the Mojave Desert. You see that wow. one? Wow, no, I haven't seen that one. So do you think that train that they approved from Los Angeles to Las Vegas was for us, for y'all? Hmm. That wasn't, that's going to cut right through the middle of the smart city, stop by, so they can go to L.A. or go to Vegas. You see what I'm saying?
0: That's the bullet you're referring to that they're building?
1: Yes, and they're saying, it's, they're calling it uh, a regular train. It's going to be a bullet train, but it's really, no, they're calling it lesser lesser of a bullet Meaning they're saying, oh, it's only going to go 187 miles or 200 miles per hour, which is going to cut the time to travel to Las Vegas in half, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is that train is going to be able to get there in 40, 30, 40 minutes because we're moving into a time where you're going to have people that says, I live in Vegas, but I work in LA. You see what I'm saying? I take the bullet train. I take the drone to work every morning. We fly in and land on top of my office building. You see, what I'm saying we're moving into this time, but they can't just put it up there. Boom! We've got the bullet trains from Japan and China, and they're here already. And you can get to Las Vegas in 45 minutes. That'll people will be like, "Oh, I ain't moving. I'm keeping my house," you know, because so they got to bring this stuff in gradually. Because if everybody's not selling fast enough, then it's not going to work. Because they don't want people to, to sit back and say, "Wow, my house went from a hundred to a two million dollars. I'm gonna just hold out longer." Well, I'm not. Say- at all to that there's a question
0: to that so um gd426 shout out on youtube thanks for tuning in and thanks for those who are connected from next door i post our events in there we're bringing our real estate community classes and workshops back so tj uh definitely we'll have you out we're hosting our classes back again fourth saturdays of each month beginning march so i'm excited about that so the question here is i'd like so gd4266 says i would like to ask one question tj how can the homeowners in Inglewood capitalize off of the gentrification right we're talking about monetizing gentrification because of the major developments and we're talking about Inglewood is a, is a is a city that is nine square mile radius right nine square mile radius and there is a lot happening. What are your thoughts to that?
1: the best way to capitalize off of that area is which is why I was the one of the advisors to the Inglewood School District is to learn a trade and learn how to get your trade and start a business because they are there's not enough construction workers in Cal- in the Amer- in the world. This is why they're bringing the Ukrainians. This is why they bought the Syrians. This is why they brought the Hispanics over. They're bringing everybody here, but these are all tradesmen. So instead of going in asking for a job, ask for a contract. They're passing out multi-million dollar, billion dollar contracts every day. And there is not enough people to do the work out there. So if you started a construction company, hey, I got a construction company and we just hang ceiling fans. You'll pick up a a contract with the hotels and they're like, hey, we're going to put eight hotels in this L.A. area in the next four years. We we need one million ceiling fans. And that's an eight million dollar contract, if that makes sense. It's as simple as that. So people are going at it wrong. They're like, oh, I'm gonna buy some real estate in in, in uh in Inglewood. Well, mm-hmm. that that approach, you're gonna have to put on some some boxing gloves, your bulletproof vests, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and you better have some real deep pockets because, and prepare. Make sure you got an attorney on speed dial because they will lock you up if you won't sell. They will lock you up if you get in the way. So it's a lot of different things. You you gotta have some real thick skin to invest and make money in Inglewood that's where the heavyweights are they're deeming inglewood to be the tourist destination of the world they're going to build that thing out and you're going to be like wow i wish I, I wish i could afford to live in inglewood that that playa del rey is going to leak over to inglewood but when you're in playa del rey what do you see uh of uh, the low four millions for condo right starting off at the low three millions and the low four million. Yeah.
0: And you know, that's so interesting. You say that. And, and that's a great point, especially because I watched someone who just started his HVAC business and he's like, I'm already at six figures, just servicing, yeah. heating, heating and AC units. Right. Um, so that's a great point because you're talking about this whole, this mini infrastructure that's happening in Inglewood in what really messed me up, TJ, is I was on the 105. I think it was the 105 or the 110 that I'm driving. And it had YouTube Theater yeah. on the freeway sign. Yeah. And I was like,
1: whoa. <laughs> YouTube's in player. You know, the NFL's in player. All of that stuff is there. But what we have to prepare ourselves. This is why I talk about this stuff in my book. That's why I had to update my book. You know, monetizing, gentrification, you can get it on my website, tjlofton.com L-O-F-T-I-N. It is very important that people know what's going on. So I put it in my book. I start teaching training classes. But what's going on out there is we have to pay attention to Silicon Valley has uh, uh, expanded into Los Angeles, creating Silicon Beach because Silicon Valley, the real estate is unprecedentedly high. Homelessness is unprecedented in in, in, Santa, in Silicon Valley. You see what I'm saying? So right. the only way they can afford to continue is to move down to Los Angeles, to where back then they said, oh, you can buy a house on the beach for $900,000. They cheap. You know what I'm saying? So now they're here, and there's no more nine thousand nine dollars houses on the beach. You can barely get a house in, in Lamer Park for nine hundred anymore. So. <laughs>
0: Culver City just passed an ordinance they're going to attempt to, so they have now passed an ordinance that uh, tents and makeshift shelters is now against the law.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're going to get rid of all the, you know, at first when I was, and that opened the door for me to be in Lamar Park. You know, it's all all of my work. If you follow me, I've been laying out, I've been laying out the the black print of how we're going to be able to make it, how we're going to be able to live in the future. This is why I became an advisor to the Compton School District, which we were successful with bringing in. We got uh, one of the rappers, some of the rappers to bring some money. So we redone Centennial High School and put the trades in the Compton School District. I was able to do my automotive class. And now we got electric cars in there. So now what do you see? They're passing laws and by what, 2028, all electric cars in California. Oh. Yeah,
0: 2025 a lot sooner. In fact, Governor Newsom signed it into law that um the new cars now have to be uh energy efficient, like they can't be gas operated. They're also doing that with um the lawnmowers, by the way. So you can't no longer come 2025, that gasoline operated lawnmower is, is not gonna be It's going to be something that you can no longer do. I think that's interesting because that'll that'll affect the trades that you're talking about, right? Like if you don't keep up with what's happening, you're going to be put out of business because now likely the city can cite you and say, hey, you're in violation.
1: You know, and and we got to look at when I remember when I first came out and started talking about college, I, I coined the term college alone is not enough. Right. Pissed everybody off and became a part of the NFL, no friends left list, and everybody was mad at me and he's he don't know what he's talking about. Now they're all in the news and they've given us a date. They say by twenty fifty-three, African American wealth will be zero. And then because of COVID, they moved it up to twenty thirty-five now. So now we're seeing they're mad at Bush or Biden because he didn't give them the bailout. But my point is we have to be someone that's in demand. You, or is what you're doing in demand? So think about it. If I know how to work on electric cars, I'm in high demand. If I know how to build a house, I'm in high demand. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, oh, I got my doctorate. It's like, okay, well, what are you doing with that? Where are, How many doctors do we have? We got lots of doctors we don't need any more. They're trying to get rid of some doctors, period. That's where that whole thing came. But my thing is we have to start putting our youth and ourselves into, into situations where we'll be highly sought after. Like, I look at a lot of tradesmen. Dubai came in and wanted all the best of the best. So if you are an amazing drywaller, you're in Dubai. If you are an amazing HVAC person, you're in Dubai. If you are an amazing painter, you're in Dubai. If you are one of the best uh, framers in the world, you're in Dubai making buku money because they- Masonry and all of that, right. Yeah, they don't care about, (laughs) they ain't got time for racism. They're like, look, We need the work done and we need it done fast because we're in in a race to get these baby boomers. Now, here we go. America has said it's time. We're going to have to restructure because we're losing. I remember we were talking back in the days. We had a list. I was like, ooh, this many billionaires left America. This many multimillionaires left America. Now you're seeing the trend of all of these people moving to (laughs) China, moving to Dubai, moving to out of America. So America said we got to hurry up and get these people back. We need to get people back here so they're restructuring. They passed the law. They said, oh, if you don't uh, manufacture it in America, we don't want you bringing it here. You see what I'm saying? So uh, they told all these corporations, which is why Toyota left. Toyota like, nah, because, you know, you got Japanese that'll go into Toyota and say, that black Camry with that black leather right there, I want you to order me the same car. (laughs) You know, I don't want this one. I want the one from my homeland where my brothers and sisters can benefit from. So the Japanese are loyal to their people. That's why they pulled up Anchor in in Torrance, California. We lost Toyota, we lost Nissan, and Honda's creeping out the back door. They tanked the real estate and PV and people don't realize they got a lot of boarded up mansions, vacant mansions up there that people don't even know about. That's what I told you about. But my thing is, America's bringing all of these corporations to America. It's called, I call it corporate expansion. They're expanding into America. So now that they're expanding into America, they're coming in. There's Elon Musk saying, I'm, I'm going to build a, a 10 million, the biggest warehouse in America in, in Texas. Next thing you know, I need 25,000. He needs 25,000 brand new homes. What is that? You know, wherever Elon goes, they're going to be all his his vendors are going to show up. This yeah. Lithographic popped up. People are like, what the, what's the lithograph? You know what right. I mean? So you're going to have maybe 30 other major corporations opening up so well, they're building brand new cities all over america we got all out here in georgia do you know they blocked off uh nissan is no longer coming in through uh uh where you guys are in long was the san pedro long beach long beach they're coming in from the bottom of georgia now wow they're bringing them through the panama canal and coming up to right above florida to the very first port now they're expanding both of the ports in Georgia and they're, they've closed them down in New York. New York said, look, we don't want all those ships coming in here anymore. So they're bringing it all through Georgia. This is why they're passing laws in California. Like, oh, you're a truck driver. You have to work for someone. You can't be a, 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 a regular business owner. You have to have a job. So they're phasing out the truckers in California and they're, they're pulling money out of that port so that they can kind of shut it down because you're going to have, too many over wealthy people live there. Like I said, people know about the redlining, but do you know about the blue line? You familiar with the blue line? Talk
0: about the blue line. Well, hold that thought. In terms of the blue line, I want to address a GD four two six question about being a homeowner in Inglewood for ten years and is thinking would real estate would real estate not be a good idea in terms of capitalizing what's happening? Um, but to what you were saying, right? So you, I'm gonna kind of reiterate what you said. You said. Unless you have deep pockets for more right. real estate right. within Inglewood, because this is why I said it's a nine square mile radius, right. the, what you should be paying attention to is the spillover, right? Because you can only do so much in a nine square mile radius. Right. So you should be looking at the areas adjacent to that, which is why we saw the boom happen in right. the Hyde Park Southeast, Hyde Park Northeast, in the Hyde Park areas. We see the spillover happening and instead of limiting ourselves to just the Inglewood market realize that Hawthorne is sending out RFPs requests for proposals on revamping the their Galleria their mall and so you've got to be ahead of of things not when it's happening because those well, when we see it people I kid you not it's been in plan for 15 to 20 years There was a conversation before you see the manifestation of what's happening. And, and I'll, I'll clue you in here. We're in California and the governors and your politicians have passed a law that says for the next three years, somehow they know the foreclosure crisis is going to last from 2023 to 2026, because this law sunsets in 2026. They are giving Owner occupants, meaning first-time buyers, primary homeowners, and nonprofits, first dibs to purchase foreclosed properties. They're telling banks, in fact, I'm going to be having a class on that in March, how to purchase these. Because now, TJ, they're saying even if the investor buys it at the auction, the sale is not concluded until they file a report with the attorney general's office within 15 days of the sale reporting who it was sold to and how much it was sold to in that window is when someone else can match the the investor and if you're a prime a, a first time buyer you can just offer what the investor offer and and you will then win over that foreclosure they're they're, they're opening this window just for 3 years but i haven't seen big news about it
1: I, I tell people all the time if you wait until you hear it on the news it's too late, <laughs> if it's, too late it's too late i've i've known about Inglewood for years to the point that i i was at i was one of the advisors in 17 2017 like let me help let me get involved let me tell, tell teach these people how to bring the trades back in let me help them raise some money you know because i already knew what was about to happen i told the school district oh the rams moved around the corner they they want something from us the, the rams all of a sudden became very friendly to the school district and i said i'm looking at all of this land i'm looking at inglewood high school i'm looking at all these schools and i'm like ooh, 47 acres 35 acres in the middle of the city 10 minutes from the airport oh wow this land is worth a lot of money and sure enough inglewood was in receivership back in those days the Rams say, we'll pay, we'll get you guys out of there. Just give us that school. We'll build you a new school over here, but it's going to go straight up, <laughs> you know, half an acre, goes straight up, you know, and it's not going to really be in Inglewood. So it's things like that happening. So if you got some money, there are a lot of options. You know, I would honestly, I would love to have a a, a donut spot inside of that, that new Metro Rail thing, <laughs> you know, the people mover area. I'd love to have something selling bottled water. You'd probably do a million dollars a week with no problem if you just had something, you know, but we're in a situation like Englewood, you're going to start seeing things like, they're going to start saying things like, you're going to have four people that own all the property in Englewood. Hmm. They're going to start saying things like, okay, if you want to open a business here, you own a a nice business, you got, you're going to start up a business and you want to start one in Englewood. Well, we're going to want 30% if you want to lease out my 8,000 square foot building here. I'm going to need 30% ownership. Okay, well, if you're not happy with that, you think I'm crazy, you don't realize how much real estate I own over here. <laughs> you know, you go over there, he's going to want 45%. It's
0: the real life monopoly. That's all. He who yeah. controls the land.
1: Is- the, one who owns, the one who owns all the land gets to make up all the rules. So now you look at a... It's coming. So if you want to make some investments, I tell people all the time, start looking out of state because right now in in Inglewood in California, you have if you got a million dollars liquid, you're going to get a, a a raggedy something boarded up, probably something terrible. But you're going to spend a million dollars to make a hundred thousand in Inglewood. But if you go out of state, you'll spend a hundred thousand to make a million. You see what I'm saying? If you find yourself in the right area, like I'm in Alabama, I'm gonna give y'all a little game here. I'm in Alabama. You know, I'm I'm, in, I'm looking at, I'm traveling all that. You know, I've been to 25 plus states, over 25 states, Lisa. And I'm in Alabama at Tuskegee, the world's famous school. It's like, oh, this is amazing. People are so respected, but I'm looking at this area and it's a dump. The whole city, it's like, you can't, it's barely a McDonald's out there, Lisa. It's barely mm-hmm. a McDonald's in Tuskegee. Across- He's the- raising canes. Huh? <laughs>
0: I said they I said not a McDonald's, or raising canes, right?
1: <laughs> You'd be happy to have a raising cane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't say my son works across the street from the school because it ain't nowhere to work. There ain't no jobs. You come out here to Morehouse in Atlanta, it's garbage all around the schools. So they're coming in, restructuring all of this stuff. It's so much opportunity. I could have came when I first came to Atlanta. I could have bought all the houses up around Morehouse for like $1,500 to $30,000 each. I remember that when I was initially out there. Yeah,
0: 2015, this is before everything happened. And I've consulted some people um, on their purchases and on retaining their properties. In fact, I was able to successfully um, assist a family who lost their home to a second. They had a second home uh home equity line of credit. They defaulted on it, lost their home in foreclosure. The investor bought the second and and had eviction, you know, the, the eviction process and you know, we were able to negotiate them staying in the home and buying back the property. In fact, they just succeeded that um, they stayed in the home. It was a 12 month term they would pay the investor and buy the house back and i mean just it's just really interesting to me when you look at what opportunity means right somebody says oh there's nothing here right we're going to go somewhere else but then someone like you or myself goes there's nothing here <laughs> we right we need to start we need to start planting the seeds
1: that's what developers are looking for because i'm in Cal- i'm in georgia I'm in Alabama, I'm in South Carolina, I'm in Tennessee, I'm in uh, all up and down the coast. And I'm like, nothing but fields. But I'm looking up and I'm reading articles. Wow, Uh, Nissan is going to open a a 13 million square foot building here in this small city with African-Americans. Mason, Tennessee, Ford just bought a lot of land. That's a small black town. I don't know if you're familiar. This is how I connected with Judge, Judge Joe Brown they mason tennessee they got a small black town population 5200 right Ford decides we're going to build a battery plant there one of the biggest in the country they only want to tell you how big it's going to be you know what i mean they're going to build a battery plant so as soon as they announced we just got the land and we're moving in the the high end the the politicians from la hypothetically speaking came into compton and said we're taking over all you compton people you're out of here we're going to take over. We're going to run this from downtown L.A., hypothetically speaking, right? So now it's like we're going to completely come into this small town of 5200 and build out a whole brand new city, just like where Elon Musk was. He came in, built out a whole brand new city, and all you're hearing is gentrification. They're still in people's homes. And there's another article I think I'm was about. i about to share about a black family, Some, I'm sorry, a black couple. How about this? a black couple this is something we talked about years ago a black couple have been arrested for stealing people's houses they were selling houses that they didn't own so since we know real estate basically they had to have had a notary republic right somebody's forging documents and going to register other folks homes they're like that house has been sitting there for three years Come on, I need you to notarize this for me, and we're going to go to this, my local agent and have them sell it, so they're going to run I'm going to get it recorded. So the first people that I've heard of that was arrested for doing that were black. How about that? Now, this has been going on for years because, remember, we were invested. I was involved in some coaching of some people in View Park, and they are like, TJ, a lot of older black people who are single, who, you know, family is not around. They're disappearing and their houses are popping up, being re- re- remodeled, and it's like selling it to new people. We're like, Where's Miss Betty at? Miss Betty never told me she was selling her house. Miss Betty was in her garden yesterday. You know, now all of a sudden, here come the contractors pulling up. we are like, Oh, we bought this house. Miss Betty moved to Texas. You're like, Miss Betty was my neighbor. I always look out for her. She's like 85. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? But she didn't have a family. And this is why we tell people. Hmm walking down the street with a dog and they're we're like oh wow hey what's the name of your dog and we're having fun they like i live in the neighborhood and you're they're, they're all excited oh wow welcome to the neighborhood but see we got to start digging deeper and say where exactly do you live you know what i'm saying because what they're doing those are not people who are literally moving in yeah, where exactly are- do you live those are investors because they never have children it's a man a woman and a dog they parked around the corner and they're casing this neighborhood and then they turn around and they stop to talk to you about the dog and then you're like they're like oh miss miss lisa what's up with the house over there with the with the grown grass oh well that's miss johnson you know she's like 75 she got cancer her son's in prison with life and her daughter she hasn't seen her we don't know what happened to her we think she's on alcohol
0: right we're volunteering so much information
1: yeah, we're telling people that we don't know too much information. And next thing you know, she disappears and here comes the contractors. But the only way to do that is to have somebody that will illegally record the deed. You see what I'm saying? So here's my thing. You know real estate like I know real estate. is very easy. There's a paper trail. So fast forwarding the story to solutions, we have to come up with a new way of doing business, meaning we have to put some type of block on the titles where titles cannot be transferred unless they do this, if that makes sense. And it has to be going through the family. Before you can sell a house, you have to go through this, 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 and that. And these people have to be notified. These houses' title cannot be just changed in the middle of the night. You see what I'm saying? Because this is how they're stealing houses. So this is becoming normal. That's why they said, oh, let's have African-Americans be the first people to go to jail for this. Well, Well, we're... That that's a valid point because we're talking about
0: that. And, and, and GD426 shared about, we, we, we touched on a topic about the businesses being displaced. In fact, we opened up the show about that, which is why I wanted TJ on the show because he's, he's really been a native here. So he's very familiar with SoCal, Compton, LA, Inglewood. He knows a lot of folks within those circles. And so we talked about um, the businesses that are being displaced. And what TJ had shared was basically uh, getting back to the table of having those attorneys negotiate that if my business will be displaced for how long and no, I don't want to move, but I want to be built up too. So if you don't like how my storefront looks now, yeah, let's put in some money, beautify it, but put me back like they're putting bonds and Planet Fitness and there are two other uh, businesses that will be put put back. Uh, So yeah, we, we touched on that and thank you for bringing that back up. Um, to what you were saying, so prevention, and and we'll touch on this in our first class, our first real estate community class in March. Uh, in fact, they, the, the neighbors voted on what they wanted to learn more about, and it was exactly what you're talking about, uh, mortgage and deed fraud. And so what the county has done recently is now you can sign up for uh, property alerts um, that if there is a re- recordation on your property They will notify you within 24, 48 hours of that recordation. Now, people should understand this. The recorder's office, the registrar's office is not there to determine whether the recordation of that grant deed transfer is proper, valid, legal. That's not their job. That's why the only thing they can do is notify you that there's been something recorded. Uh, That's a lot better than waiting 30 months. I mean, excuse me, 30 days to six months to never finding out to when you want to refi or you decide in a it and you realize there's other people on your title. So I think that's a little bit more proactive. Um, What's what's your take, TJ, on this on the county's efforts?
1: If you live in Inglewood, Los Angeles, Compton, Watts, anywhere in that area, that vicinity, I'd be checking my title like once a month. You know, i had i had a friend that i was coaching and that's how i get all these stories i'm coaching people consulting people telling them what the direction and i had a friend that owned some land out there and she said that they took her gate down around her vacant lot in watts and then they put a new fence up and then they put a, a eight thousand dollar bill on her uh lien against her property and they threatened to foreclose and she's like what what is why are you sending me an eight thousand dollar bill says the 77 year old lady you know what i'm saying and she brings it to me and i'm like well wait a minute she's like tj i had a chain link gate up there now there's another gate that's not my fence and i'm like the city like well oh it was too much crime and blah 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 but i'm like well you didn't put a fence up around around the corner over there that that lot had they dumping trash over there why would you put it up you know so they're stealing people's land so we have to work with our with our elders, and then, and then, especially in church, they're going in people's churches, paying off the pastors, telling them, "Uh, when somebody got cancer, let us know. We're looking for houses at these addresses. These everything in this zip code, we're interested."
0: It all that time, you're right. I I get this is what we're looking for. Right. If you have this coming up, let us know. This is no one's paying me though. You know, you guys know I'm an advocate, but. To what he's saying, I was in an organization, I don't know TJ if we talked about this, but um, the guy was an investor, licensed real estate, and he worked as LAPD, and he was telling us how LAPD and the city work to target and cite properties in terms of violation, and basically you cite it, the fees build up, the person can't pay it, what happens? The city has to has the right to then take that property, and he was telling me, yeah, that that's a whole nother system of of um, you know taking property, and I'm like, whoa. And people don't realize this, and we're gonna wrap this up, TJ. That real estate is very political,
1: right, right,
0: very political. This is a very political business, political game, and so really arming you with the information, the resources, and the people that are your advocate. Um, is very key to this, right? Not everybody is going to be having the the same form of thought or mind. Um, TJ, as we get wrap up, LaDonna's like, this is scary, right? (laughs) You would think I'm doing a Halloween episode. No, this is real life as we're talking about the realities of being, you know, homeowners and people of color within these communities that are being targeted, which is why I appreciate TJ spinning it and saying monetizing Let's figure out how to monetize it. Let's bring solutions. So with that, TJ, your last um, comments.
1: I think everybody needs a coach. I'm an advisor. An advisor. I say it all the time. Don't just jump in there saying, I got a million dollars to go invest. Don't just jump in there saying, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go bust out some real estate. And my family are going to be like, she or he's the man. Consult first you need to have some classes for myself or somebody like lisa that can consult you and let you know what's going on this real estate game in some of these cities are downright dirty they're not playing fair so before you make a move consult get some advisement from someone that knows if they're talking like me and lisa then yes but you can't just say my uncle's a realtor he's cool my sister's a a mortgage broker she tells me everything if they're not talking about Corporations, corporate expansions, the stealing of houses, strategically moving. No, I can be reached at uh, all my social media Thomas T J Lofton, uh, T J Thomas T J Lofton L O F T I N. Uh, my website is tjlofton.com. Uh, my book is on my website at tjlofton.com. You can order a signed copy. Uh, other than that, I do speaking engagements. I teach these classes. I'm not just a guy out here that, oh, I teach real estate classes. I teach you gentrification because you should not be involving yourself in real estate without first learning about gentrification. People are losing because they don't understand that gentrification piece. You think I have the money. I'm going to be good. I'm going to make some investments. That's not how it works in this economy. Things have changed because of all the corporations that are expanding. You got trillionaires moving into areas and politicians spending over backwards. To accommodate them that's all i want to say Lisa.
0: i appreciate it uh, brie dropped your number there you want to direct connect with tj directly and this is quite a book and so i heard you updated this too oh yeah i have the color version
1: that's 190 pages the old one was black and white uh, 149 pages that's 190 uh full color because as soon as the old book-
0: so i have the i have the current one yeah. Mine is color i have the current one right where you
1: get that one <laughs>
0: <laughs> september 2021 i got my signed copy
1: okay. <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate it. everybody get that book start off with the book if you oh i don't have that kind of money start off with the book it's 45 dollars, 50 dollars to your and daughter. i
0: think it I, to what he's saying right so let me just jump in here um to what he's saying is really it just gets your mind yeah. thinking outside of the normal routes of real estate Um, and that's what we're hearing right now in our market is these creative ways and creative solutions. Be careful when you're doing creative deals. (laughs) Be very careful when you're doing creative deals. Okay. So I can say a lot on that, but TJ has been great having you back on the show. Um, Every time we have you back, there's always something new um, and something you've got your hands in that you bring to the people, you bring to the community here. So for us to think about, because it's the hard conversations no one wants to have. Right. And no one wants to talk about these conversations about properties being stolen, eminent domain, these unfair contracts, unfair dealings. But let's realize, you guys, that if we don't have these conversations, we're going to then wait until we become the victims and hoping that 10 years later in a class action lawsuit, somebody's paying us settlements, reparations. Because remember, when the housing crisis happened and Wells Fargo was doing robo signing, 10 years later, after that class action lo- lawsuit happened, those homeowners who lost their property got ten dollars to $15,000 in damages. Wow. What are you going to do with that? You've oh. lost the wealth. Right. in home ownership you can do nothing with that the people that have just recently lost their homes due to this pace lien and these hero liens um the recent lawsuit well at least they're releasing the liens on those who still have it but what about the people that actually had to sell their homes I unfortunately had to sell people's properties that were up against foreclosures because there was nothing we could do in our fight against the pace lien and the hero liens until the DOj decided to switch sides and now sue them. So it's just, it's, it's wild out here. But TJ, thank you a lot going on. Uh, for those of you who are checking us out for the first time, thank you. Make sure you like, subscribe and connect with us on all your favorite social media platform. TJ, I appreciate you. Stay up, stay productive, be well and be safe. We'll connect with you soon. Take care you guys.